Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. It's a new year in the real world, and a new love is blooming in our preferred world of 30 Rock. Jack meets Congresswoman C.C. Cunningham, the Ned Nickerson to his Nancy Drew, the Callie Shaw to his Frank Hardy. Played by the incomparable Edie Falco, C.C. of Hallmark movie fame, is a liberal foil to Jack's most recent capitalistic carnage. In other plot points, Kenneth gets in Jack's pants, maple syrup gets terrifying, and Liz Lemons gets racist. Again! Let's dive on in, Julie. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. I picked up your tuxedo from the cleaners, Mr. Donaghy, just like you asked. Thank you, Kenneth. Uh, let me just take this plastic off, because I saw a Martha Stewart. How we're all doing everything wrong. Uh, where are the pants? Sweet peaches, what have I done? Somewhere along the way, they must have slipped out the bottom. But it's all right, Kenneth, these things happen. <sighs> Uncle Butch was right. I'm just a stupid country bumpkin with great skin and soft hands. I'll just have Jonathan bring over another pair. No, sir, this is my mistake. I will replace your pants. They cost $2,500. I will find your pants. For the people at home, just so you know, Nick just knocked that out in like a minute, and it's amazing. <laughs> For the people at home, Nick doesn't do his homework and has to knock it out in one minute. If I took all week, I could not write what you just wrote succinctly in one minute. That is amazing. So just... Why do you... It's amazing. Can well, I you. hit Google several times? Yes. Can I copy and paste? Mostly. Not into a fucking Google Slides, obviously. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So we have our strengths, but your writing skills are insane. They're insane. Thank you. Thanks. So this is the episode, Somebody to Love. We open up on Liz's apartment where Pete is still living. And she you know gets what, very Julie? excited. What's that? When I think of the title, Somebody to Love, you know who I think of? You. Your emotional you support do. animal to be named later. That's it's typically her name's Julie, and it's you. <laughs> I am your emotional support person. What? That's Emma, Emma, for sure. Emma is my emotional support person. I know, but sure. she's strengthening herself so that she can leave you, and it's going to be fine. Gonna it's going to be great for, it's it's gonna gonna be be for her. So <laughs> she smells maple syrup. It's concerned about it. She's not concerned about it. She's just like, oh, maple syrup, and then... Uh, Tracy calls. She calls says, Tracy. Yeah. yeah, working on his rerun. Now, do you guys know what the rerun dance is? Mm-mm. It's when you do something again. Wrong. So there was a show called What's Happening in the '70s, and the theme song was amazing. It was like bow, 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 bow. So this is rerun. I'm going to show them to you if we amazing. start sharing anytime soon, Julie. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> so you can see from the. I'm pressing the button. From the outfit, you have to wear the beret. You have to wear multicolored clothes. So this is Rerun's dance from What's Happening. Come on, Rerun. <laughs> so Rerun's kind of a larger dude. Widow Von, do this it. Is him on, yes. This is him <laughs> on the go. Whoa. This is him on the go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Gomez, Gomez is thrilled. So this is him on the gong show. We'll put a link to it. But Wow. It's the part where you do the show. There you go. Click, click, tap, 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 tap. So here's Rerun. A little bit goes a long oh way. Oh, my gosh. But uh-huh. he's very talented. So there's Raj. The guy on the left right there with the glasses is Raj, who's kind of the star of the show, and his sister, Dee Dee. Hello. Oh, there's Dee Wow. And then <laughs> Shirley, who's sort of the lesbian of the times, is their really good friend who's not a lesbian but never has a boyfriend. Uh, so it's a show called What's Happening? And that is the rerun dance that he's working on. <laughs> Love it. So that amazing. was exceptional. That right? was very much drag queen inspiration. It's really this, like, um, elbow lock, flick, flick, look, look. Side side, huh huh, you like hop hop. I do it all the time. I love it. And he'd be like, what what what? The rerun. 
Well, Rerun makes me happy. What's Happening was a great show and the theme song I wish I'd pulled up, but it's like, bow, bow, bow. It's real sad. It's like <laughs> loose bass sounding. What's okay. the one that's like, Donna, 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 Red Fox. Okay. Uh, Sanford and Son. <laughs> so then Jack calls on the other line and says, do you smell maple syrup? And she says, yes. Is there something to worry about? It could be Northrax. What the fuck is that? But it doesn't matter. We would know already because we would have died in 10 seconds. So they're counting out 10 seconds now. So can we talk about just for a second? Sorry, we haven't even gotten 10 seconds in. And I'm like, I have another thought. He is the Dr. Fauci in this situation who revealed this week that he got a mysterious powder mailed to himself. And he was just very fatalistic and said, so it's either innocuous. It's either anthrax. So I'll have to be on this medication for a month or I'm dead. Happens. I'm the Liz Lemon. And I'm just like. Round everyone up and put them in a camp. No one can be trusted. No. Poor Dr. Fauci. Poor everybody. (laughs) So it turns out there really were reports of this maple syrup event in New York City. There was a presence of a particular scent in the late 2000s. And uh, lots of people thought it was a chemical warfare attack. Really? Yeah, it's a true story. In the fall of 2005, as first reported by Gothamist and continually sporadically till 2009, um, they featured a sweet smell in the form of chemical warfare. The scent was eventually traced to a source, the Frutoum Industries factory in New Jersey, which is processing fenugreek seeds and commonly used in maple syrup. So oh it's based on a true story that there really was this maple syrup smell and everybody thought it was chemical warfare and they were all going to die. Can you imagine? Well, that makes sense. If I'm in my home and I hear maple syrup... I hear maple syrup. What does it sound like? (laughs) I've got this interesting form of synesthesia where I can hear tastes. (laughs) If only that were true, that would be amazing. Would it? It really would. It's too loud. The scent (laughs) is too strong. Emma, stop. It's vanilla. Maybe it would be, I was thinking it would be pleasurable, not painful. (laughs) Well, I immediately took it to sad, scary. Bad. Yeah. Well, now when I smell maple syrup, which I will outside the sleepy bee, I'm going to go, is it? Northrax? Is which it Northrax? Northrax is not Northrax. real. Correct. I looked Northrax it up. is not real. <laughs> that is correct. So already in like the first five seconds, we've got a real life story, a real life um, callback to Rerun, who we've now seen as an amazing dancer, and Tracy's trying to get it. <laughs> really topical references there. So then... Yeah. The next day we're down at the studio and Jack has a picture of Ronald Reagan and he says to Richard Esposito, can you make me look like him? And he's like, yeah, obviously. Like, How's that hard? And uh, Lemon comes in. She's like, didn't you get your haircut two days ago? He's like, yeah, I get my haircut every two days. Your hair is your head suit. I'm going to an event tonight. It's a party for Robert Novak. Throw my John McCain and Jack Bauer. To which Liz she replies, says, I don't think he's real. And Jack says, I can assure you, John McCain is very real. So Robert Novak, who's now dead, was an American syndicated columnist and a conservative political commentator with very big white teeth. He is dead. John McCain, as everyone knows, is most famous for being Meghan McCain's father. But I think he's also dead. And Jack Bauer is also dead. So then he says, I have to look perfect because when it comes to hair, no one is more bitchy than conservative males. They flash back to Jack's hair looking amazing. What's that? Yeah. I fucking believe it because in this current climate, no one is bitchier than Republican males about anything and everything that is so insignificant and does not matter. Unlike hair, which matters, people. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, when they were talking in the beginning, Jackson Bed reading the Republican Way of Life, which is not an actual book. In case you were wondering, <laughs> what I is the it might way? Be. Of- Sorry. So they they flash back to Jack at some other conservative event where I think Jack's hair looks amazing, and a doughy man says, "Good Lord, Donaghy, did you comb your hair with a chicken bone?" They're all like, "Ah, that's not funny." Well, he's got that crybaby Johnny Depp little curly cue coming down. She's <laughs> like, "Well, have fun. Don't get peer pressured into invading Iran." <laughs> Topical. Sound advice. <laughs> He's like, oh, before you go, I'd like you to put this on. Shineheart Wig Company sweatshirt to show support for the parent company. It's having a little think, PR hiccup right now. This is one of my flav- favorite plot points. So I almost said flavor because I can also see flavor. That Shineheart Universal owns NBC. It's this fucking little wig company. I'm just imagining old ladies and drag queens and James Manfield teasing it out. And they um. own NBC, which is worth like $1. These are my summer diamonds. Summer diamonds and summer not. <laughs> That's where James Mansfield. So Kenneth's on fire this episode. He walks in and says, you know, Mr. Donnie, get picked of your tuxedo from the cleaners, just like you asked. Thanks, Kenneth. He's like, let me get the plastic off because Martha Stewart says how we're doing everything wrong. The pants are missing. And he declares very strongly, sweet peaches, what have I done? <laughs> so he's lost the pants. Jack seems not... Not plus by this at all. He's like, that's okay. I'll just have Jonathan bring some more. He's like, no. Uncle Butch was right. I'm just a stupid country bumpkin with great skin and soft hands. I would like to meet Uncle Butch. And spoiler alert, we never do. And that just feels like a stunning cameo of this. Well, now that I'm fleshing it out, that it's this sort of <laughs> pedophilic, incestuous person. But I think 30 Rock would do well with it. Obviously, since this is another one of our most problematic episodes. But we're coming up on my favorite, some of my favorite timing. Where he's like, this is my mistake. And he says, I will replace your pants. They cost $2,500. I will find your pants. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I, I watched it like five times. I think it's hilarious. So we come back to Liz's apartment. And she is super pumped because her prescription shampoo arrives. Which (laughs) is a great day as someone who's... (laughs) recently struggling with dandruff um, because I no longer shower. It is such a delight when that is just soothed by some Neutrogena tea gel. But she gets mail from her new neighbor, who is, this is sort of like an SNL reunion, because we got Fred Armisen, Kristen Wiig comes later, which is lovely. Fred Armisen plays a Middle Eastern man who just moved in across the hall named Raheem, to which Liz nervously says, that's my mother's name. No, just kidding. He takes the package. Um, it's a little curt. And so Liz Lemon is obviously like terrorist. Well, she also looks in around his apartment and they've got lots of maps with like bullseyes on them, circling different areas all over town. He doesn't smile. He won't shake her hand. He's very cold. And... He may be of Middle Eastern descent, so she is having a problem. <laughs> Pete is not. He's like, Raheem, yeah, he's a good egg. And Liz says, well, he's weird. He wouldn't shake my hand, and it's because I'm a woman. Obviously, he's got maps over his walls. Most problematic line of the episode, which is shocking because there are many. She's like, maps? And Pete points out, like, the one over there. That's different. That's an antique, and I'm a white lady. Yeah, what are you saying there, Liz? And she's like, Pete, you know me. I never make assumptions about race. Remember I asked that black guy if he'd seen Sideways? <laughs> so it's very much a satirical making fun of what it's like how Get Out was actually making fun of white liberals and white liberals were shocked by that. And it's like, well, you're part of the problem. If you are like, man, 
this black person's amazing. I love you. I'm going to deify you. But rights? I don't know if you should have them. So this feels like very that moment. It was and Sideways into- was a very talky white people movie about wine and really about nothing. <laughs> Not the best of us coming out there. No. Pete says, you're being paranoid. Raheem is a really great guy. He's always helping. He rewired the toaster oven and showed me a back way to the airport. Innocuous. Fine. Listen to yourself, Pete. I don't want to sound racist, but that Pete Apaka might be a terrorist. Does that sound racist? (laughs) It sounds racist. The line was delivered well. The content was poor. And um, we move on to the bitchy Republican gays. They're straight. They're married to a woman. Let's just say that. We'll find some things out about them later. Little tippy taps in the bathroom stalls. We know how this goes down. And one of them is like, that rich chestnut color is natural. Ha ha. This is where we meet Edie Falco. One of my favorite love arcs in the entire Jack saga. I think Julianne Moore does a, well, she has a rough accent, but she's a fun one. Um, But this is one of my absolute favorites. Isabella Rossellini. Amazing. Also great. Selma Hayek. I don't think he has a bad one. Elizabeth Banks. She's all, yeah. This is, I'm saying this is my favorite, though. Okay. That's all I'm saying. That's just all I'm saying. That's Julia's, all you're saying. That's all I'm saying. Great. So she orders a whiskey straight up. What does Jack order to drink, Nick? He gets a white rum with a diet ginger ale and a splash of lime, which sounds disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I mean. Who drinks white rum? I didn't know that was a thing. Why would you drink a diet soda? It's just so bad for you. And a splash of lime. That I get. I'm on board with that. And she says, I never would have pegged you for a University of, Tel- of Tennessee sorority girl. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I've never seen him drink anything like that in his office. He seems to be drinking straight, hard brown liquor. So, you know. But as he says, we got to pace ourselves at these things that go all night. But Cece has to <laughs> slow dance with Bill Frist. Julie, who dat? Such a good question. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Know. I, I, went, I was supposed to go back and do it. Bill Frist is an American physician, businessman, and politician who served is as a state senator from. <laughs> yes, he's a Republican. But this is the best part because the bartender says, "Sir, here's your Nancy Drew." Jack turns into a twelve-year-old girl. It's called a Hardy Boy for men. <laughs> now everyone has alliterative letter nicknames now because. Uh, Kenneth has asked, hey, KK, how's it hanging? By Tracy, to which he says, very low. It's very low, which is going to be my response for everything moving forward. How are you doing today? Very low. I'm doing very low today. I do find myself doing this in real life a lot. This is a line I repeat constantly. Whenever anyone's <laughs> like, I can't find something, I just go, pants, pants, pants. <laughs> no matter what it is. It just makes me laugh. So Tracy's yelling, pants, 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 and Grizz and Com come running to the rescue with a variety of pants. How about the Sean Johns? Are you chafing again, Trey? <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite interactions between Grizzin.com. I love when they interact anyway. Um, but with with Kenneth, oh when he's, they're trying to give him legitimate advice. Did you retrace your steps? Did you go back to the dry cleaners? And he's just like, yes, obvious twins. It's the way he says it. He's like, yes, obvious twins. Because he's never like he's so condescending fancy. to anybody. And there's no reason to condescend to Grizzin.com <laughs> because they are the sweetest. <laughs> So he's like, and I tried to look in the last place you'd ever expect. And no, Mr. Donaghy's pants are not in the ladies room. That laser tag plays on 12th Avenue. (laughs) I'm just going to have to replace them. But where am I ever going to get $2,500? 
And Tracy offers Please. terrible advice. Why don't you just do what I do and sell your autograph at the car show? So now we flash. Jack is holding court at the event, playing the piano, singing what, what the, the world, world needs now is love, sweet love. Now. Cece comes love, down the stairs and sees him and they look at each love. other like, break me off a piece eyes. of that. <laughs> so now and Liz then, is out in the world and she sees Rahim and a friend training in the park. They're running tires, monkey bars, army crawling. They see her and they do not smile and continue on. <laughs> And we will continue on back to Cece and Jack. The next Not yet. Day. We have to go by these three terrible signs first. So she oh, that's right. A sign that says, if you see something, say something, which we've heard. <laughs> and then she sees, if you see, if you suspect anything, do everything. <laughs> and then the final one is an actual Shinehard wig poster that says, we don't poison the world. Terrorists do. So I think I told you that they proved that people of a certain age, once you hear something three times, you just take it as fact. So I think she's convincing herself that they are terrorists. Well, then let's say this. The biggest terrorist problem in America is white supremacy. The biggest terrorist problem in America is white supremacy. The biggest terrorist problem in America is white supremacy. Fantastic. I'm sure that's exactly why they're here, to hear about white supremacy. But this episode definitely talks, I mean, talk about a white savior doing I totally, wrong. I totally get the perspective of like, we're going to lampoon this by making fun of it, by, you know, being the problem and showing how ridiculous it is. And being able to bring it up and at least talk about it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I I get that they're shedding a light on it in a satirical, humorous fashion. So I do not mind that at all. But, you know, especially in the context of 2021, this is challenging to get through at times. Yes. You are on our program. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me. We understand that you're Celeste Cunningham. Cece. You didn't tell me you're a congresswoman. I just ended my first year. In your district, but also on some of your constituents. D. Vermont. Big business is out to get us again. The Scheinhardt Wig Company has dumped thousands of gallons of Auburn Fantasy Dye Number 260 into the Chicatagua River, turning the children of Chicatagua orange. And I will not rest until this company and all of its subsidiaries are held financially responsible. Why do you have this? I run a Scheinhardt Wig subsidiary called NBC. Oh my God. You're Jack Donaghy? What were you even doing at that party last night? Oh my God, this was a mistake. Forget about what I said. I can never be seen with you again. You're right. We have to pretend that this never happened. Yeah, I have to get out of here. Damn it. The worst part is, I really liked you a lot. <sighs> Gave her the ottoman and she walked out. So now we're waking up in what I guess is Jack's house, but it looks like a hotel. I think it's but a I was, hotel. I was looking today and um, there's a picture on the nightstand of like a couple, like an older couple. Like, I don't know who it would be if it's just a, I agree with you. I thought it was a hotel until I saw that today. And then later on when he's watching the Lifetime movie, he's in the same bed. So I think it might be his house. Hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. I can't prove yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, wrote, I think this is Jack's apartment There's a photo on the nightstand <laughs> All right. Must yeah, have been important Solid clue, those don't Thank exist you. in hotels Right? Thank mm-hmm. you Emma So now we have a very strange talk Who would you like to be, Cece or Jack? Cece Fantastic So thank you for an incredible night Really? Did you have a good time? Because I really did Unbelievably good 
And thank you for letting me try that thing I tried. I'm sorry I dropped you. No, no, it was great. Who knew the Ottoman had wheels, right? Scene. Well, shit, killed so it. What do, we, killed. what do we think happened? I mean, what the fuck? I dropped you. I tried. He's like, I gave her the Ottoman. <laughs> We're about to hit a really funny part of the show. So he says, when you, can I see you again? She's like, anytime you name it. He's got the TV on. He's feeling great about himself. He's in a little afterglow. He's got MSNBC on. So it turns out she's a Democratic, uh, is she a governor? Congresswoman. No. Congresswoman. Congresswoman, sorry, from Vermont. But better than that, She's calling out Shinehart Wig Company. She's calling out Jack, per, you know, basically because they've turned all these people orange. <laughs> but underneath, there's the ticker, the MSNBC ticker, which I was obsessed with for who knows why. <laughs> so on the ticker, it says, uh, mysterious visitor from the future wins lottery again. <laughs> Anne Hayes leaves husband for pony. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer injured in Wolf Blitz. News crawl affected by writer's strike using repeat text from previous season. <laughs> Is that an, e an Easter egg or what? Oh my yes. God, that's well amazing. Done. Well done. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, wait, what does it say on the crawl? What is it? I'm like, oh. <gasps> oh my God, so smart. I didn't even think to look down there. <laughs> I looked up and saw Anne Hayes, so I knew something funny was happening because this is about the time <laughs> wandering through people's houses like boop, 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 beep, boop, papa. so anyway can i just I'll, say something of course yeah. i can it's our podcast the diction on Edie falco phenomenal when she says the um shine heart Break company has dumped thousands of gallons of auburn fantasy dye number 260 <laughs> into the chickatawa river turning the children of chickatawa orange slave me because well, she was losing her breath and she and powered through are held financially responsible then she finds a Shineheart sweatshirt in the bathroom. So it must be his house, right? Why would he have brought a Shineheart sweatshirt to the hotel? Is that where he was at the beginning of the episode when he was talking about maple syrup in North Rock? Probably. Hmm. Gotta Good go call. back and look at the bed again. <laughs> Damn it! That's okay. I do not want to miss clues. <laughs> you found so many. <laughs> and he says, I run a Shineheart wig company subsidiary called uh, NBC. She's like, you're Jack Donaghy? He's like, what are you even doing at this party? Fair. Fair question, yeah. <laughs> She's like, forget about what I said. I can never be seen with you again. So she can't see him. He can't see her. They have to stay away from each other from now on. But who's going to bring them to get together again? Verizon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now we're in Jack's office and he's there with Jonathan and Liz walks in. And uh, she wants to talk to him about something. And he's like, whatever you want to say to me, you can say it in front of Jonathan. She's like, I don't want to. And said, she blurts out, I think my Middle Eastern neighbor is a terrorist and I don't know what to do. Jonathan is disgusted. Appropriately Air. so. <laughs> yes. And Jack says, it's ridiculous. Some of our greatest patriots have been in Middle Eastern descent. And I'm appalled to hear you engage in this racial profiling like that. Jonathan's like, that's why I love him. And he leaves. Shuts the door. I'm kidding. Be an American. Call it in. <laughs> This is the number of a friend of mine. He's a very high-level position at Homeland Security. Oh, no. Now I'm just being paranoid. So she says, oh, that's right. She says, maybe I'm just being paranoid. He's like, if a bleeding heart liberal like you has any suspicion, so then a terrible Muzak version of which, Don't You Want Somebody to Love, which is the name of the episode, comes out of the phone. So we know it's not Jack's phone because he does the <laughs> Kill the Wabbit, right? 
Well, and he hates that San Francisco sound. So he doesn't understand how he's calling himself. <laughs> Clearly, it's not his phone. Cece answers. It's like, I think I have your phone because it's playing Wagner. And they do product placement so well between Snapple, Verizon, whatever they're doing. It's so on the nose and it's so direct. So Jack's like, these Verizon wireless phones are just so popular. I accidentally grabbed one belonging to an acquaintance. To which Liz responds, well, sure, because that Verizon wireless service is just unbeatable. If I saw a phone like that on TV, I'd be like, where is my nearest retailer so I can get one? Can we have our money now? (laughs) To which I say, Verizon, if you want to sponsor us, I'm in. Right. It's the same way they're dealing with the racism and everything else. On the nose, looking into the camera. We know what we're doing. Breaking the fourth wall. Love it. Love it. So now Kenneth is sniffing around to find a way to make his $2,500 to replace Jack's tuxedo pants, which actually don't need to be replaced at all. They found a ketchup that's been expired. Frank does. Not Frank. Yeah, Frank. Um, It's been expired for two years. And he asks Tufer, like, how much do I have to pay to eat this whole bottle? He's like, honestly, thousand bucks. Kenneth's like, $400. <laughs> Underbid all the way to the pants store. Gotcha. Like nine have you not watched the prices right? $9.99. $9.99. Right there. You got it. So which of your favorite antics um that Kenneth engages in to win money back is your favorite? Well, obviously when he scares the crap out of Lutz and uh gets the shit kicked out of him with a golf club. I like the one that's sort of off the screen, and it's like, remember that old lady who thinks you're her dead husband? Oh, yeah. Who survived the war? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think they make him do? I think I let that go. He was on an ottoman. Yeah. I think it was just kisses. He just came back with lipstick marks all over his face. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I do the ticker, but I missed the kisses. I just, I was relieved by those. I was like, I, I'm glad. I hope that it was just, she kissed his face all over. <laughs> Ick. <laughs> Naughty girls need love. Mm, 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 too. <laughs> so we're back with Jack and Cece. And, um, In Harlem. Well, at the Clinton office. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, you go first. Because you Because <laughs> you're right. Because you're right, though, Julie. <laughs> I love you. So she says, I got all the way to Harlem and I heard Wagner coming from my phone. Harlem? He's like, what the hell? She's like, I'm working out at the Clinton offices for a few weeks. I'm helping Hillary retool her universal health care program. And I say this line all the time. Dad, I want to kiss you on the mouth to stop you from saying such ridiculous things. Here's your phone. <laughs> Nailed that one. Obviously, we can never be seen together. <laughs> Obviously, he's up for the chairmanship and he doesn't want to risk it. And they, they give you a helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> What about me? How can I look those little orange children in the eye? They have no other documented health problems. They're orange. (laughs) This is why I got into politics to stop big companies from hurting the little guy. And then we learn about Cece's backstory, which is stunning. So in 1998, she was shot in the face by, you guessed it, the neighbor's dog. Um, Jack's like, I'm super, wait, what the fucking actual shit happened to you? So there was a Riverton hunting rifle, there was a Jack Russell Terrier, there was chewing, a faulty trigger, her face shot off, but after reconstructive surgery, she's hotter. So. Yes. And that. Nice. This is not a good look for Jack. I do appreciate that the only thing Jack questioned is, no, a Terrier? <laughs> she's like, Cece, I'm sorry. She's like, well, don't be. After six reconstructive surgeries, I'm much better looking now than I used to be. Plus, they made a Lifetime movie about it. I mean, it says tonight on Lifetime. 
Candace Vandershark stars as Celeste Cunningham in A Dog Took My Face and Gave Me a Better Face to Change the World. Kristen Wiig is the star. And then Jack offensively says, yeah, I thought you made love like an ugly girl. So present, so grateful. Rude. Oh my God, so rude. Then they make out. Well, she first she slaps him. Yes, but then they do make out. Tracy's like, who is that? It's like, nobody. He's like, don't lie to me, Jack. I've had plenty of women mad at me the morning after. Including Lisa Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> well, just don't let her light your secrets on fire in the bathtub. <laughs> like Lisa Left Eye Lopez. So then we got, it's a love feud. Star-crossed lovers, because Cece's a Democrat, cares about the little orange people. Jack's a Republican, <laughs> cares about... Nothing but money. and um, But it's a feud, you know, like Romeo and Juliet or the Capulets and the Romulans, which is hilarious. <laughs> that's a fucking funny line. And he just mumble muddles his way through it, but that's really funny. <laughs> if you're my, she's your soulmate, you got to go for it. So then we cut back to Kenneth, who had just down the entire bottle of ketchup. His feet I are couldn't eat a up. bottle of ketchup ever. I don't like ketchup. But there's, I mean, I like, I could never eat a bottle of ketchup. There isn't any money in the world. I would just be vomiting. I don't know that you're unique in that. I feel like all (laughs) of us want it. Kenneth's feet are puffed up real bad. We parcels are neither wealthy nor circumcised, but we are proud. So we won't (laughs) let the rest of them give him money. Much better challenge is that let's let's fall asleep on the couch and they want him to go wake him up. They don't tell us what they're going to do. Oh. Raheem comes to her door and she answers the door and she's like, can I help you? And Raheem shakes his head no. And he starts leaning in a little bit. And she's like, Pete, Pete, Pete. He's like, Raheem, my man, you ready to go? (laughs) She's like a little fire alarm of racism. (laughs) He is acting weird. I'm not saying she's right, but he is a strange person. For sure. I would not have called the terrorism people on him, but I definitely would be weary of him. Leery of him? Weary or leery, yeah. Yeah. He's just completed some big project. They're going to go celebrate. Soon everyone will know the name. Rahim Haddad. And then Liz is like, fuck it. I'm calling. <laughs> and he, she oh. goes, hello? I'm not sure. Who is he? And where can we find him? Yikes, 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 yikes. So Jack starts watching. We cut away from that, thankfully. And Jack starts watching the Celeste Cunningham story. <laughs> and um, they're having a barbecue. Everything seems fine. They're like, have you seen this rifle? Yeah, the dog has it, for sure. Jack is <laughs> beside himself, like, get the gun away from the fucking dog. What is wrong with you people? She gets shot in the face, nothing changes, and she exclaims, I'm going to get into politics. Now he flashed to Kenneth wearing a hilarious, like, Harry and the Hendersons 8 mask and Lutz is asleep on the couch. And he goes in and yells, and Lutz wakes up in a fit of strength and starts beating him up and gets a golf club and smacking him around, hitting him in the head. And you're like, who knew Lutz had this in him? But doesn't he have like asthma or something? No, so much strength. <laughs> so Frank and Tuferk and everybody coming to save him. They're like, got him. He's like, ape attack. He's like, it's me, Kenneth. <laughs> oh God, ape attack, ape attack. Wake up, Frank. It's Frank. What would okay. scare you the most? Any, anybody anywhere. Sure. That All killer right. in California who like hid in your couch. What? Yikes, yeah. Not the Night Sucker, the one that Pat Oswald's late wife just solved the mystery of. The Golden State Killer. Yes. Sometimes he would break into your apartment, take the stuffing out of your couch, and hide underneath in it so that you would come in, sit down on it, and go lay down. Then he'd go kill you. What isn't scary? And now I can't sleep forever. Thanks. Uh, What's you your do that to yourself. You brought it up. Did I? Yes. <laughs> 
What's your biggest? What would scare? Would you be more afraid of an ape or a person or a knife or a gun? Yeah, that was a bad question. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so Kenneth's all battered and bruised, just like I am after you made me think about that. And he still needs seven hundred dollars. <laughs> so that's when he goes to the old lady in accounting, who thinks your husband who died in the war. Now we flash back to Jack. This is my favorite because he's laying on his belly like you do when you're a teenage girl watching a movie with your feet up in the air, drinking milk, <laughs> watching the end of the CC story. He's so cute. Yeah. As we reviewed in last, last episode, teenage girl Jack Donaghy is one of our favorites. Yeah. Like, duh, Jonathan, do you think I should get into that party? Obviously. Yeah, I think so, too. Just- duh, Jonathan, if there's a party and he's going to be there, I should definitely go. Thanks. So now we're watching the end of the CC Lifetime movie and she's talking to the dog. I do believe in destiny. I know that I should hate you, but I can't. I love you. And I don't care what people say. We were meant to be in each other's lives. So Pete's all upset. Some dudes took Raheem last night. She's like, huh? Liz all emboldened says, sounds like an American hero saw something and said something. And then she gets power tripped the house down boots and starts going off on like, Pete for defending Rahim and says, well, you seem to be really on Rahim's side. I'd hate to have to make another phone call. And he ah! snaps like a twig, of course. Oh, no, we're cool. I pronounce Rahim. Rahim's a bad guy. USA number one. She's like, oh, I thought so, bitch. And like looks at him and puts the phone down. <laughs> like, That's what I thought, bitch. I'm a boss ass. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch. So Tracy, he asks Tracy for some help. I got to go somewhere that I can't be seen and cabs don't go there. Cabs go to Harlem. I know things have changed, but when I went there three years ago and stayed for two weeks in Harlem, I took cab. I stayed in Harlem for a bit too. Um, they've got some really great Jamaican meat pies over there. They have some really horrible gentrification going on and all the white people who couldn't afford below 120th have moved up there and are taking it over. Yeah, that's Including my friend. I stayed with him. <laughs> So Tracy knows where the Clinton office is. The Jamaican meat pies are there. And then Liz gets really excited because finally she thinks her scalp RX has come, which I looked up (laughs) and it's for um, thinning hair. I was thinking for like dandruff also, but it's for thinning hair. Julie, your research just amazes me. I miss Bill Frist. So there's a package in front of her door. It's, she thinks it's a scalp RX, but it isn't. It's a package from Raheem, and it says, I know you're in the media. Please get this into the right hands. And she's like, oh, my God. So she puts in the VHS tape. I guess the show is old. It says, <laughs> I am Raheem Hadid, and this is my brother, Hakeem, and these are the reasons why you should choose us to be on the next contestants on The Amazing Race. So my favorite parts are when Hakeem, when he's listing, when uh, Rashim is listing all the places. He just points unceremoniously to different parts of the map. They do not match. It's fine. <laughs> that he mentions the cleave. Yes. Callback. Love that. Unity. Threads. We're pulling them. We're making them. It's nice. So as you're going through what looked sinister through Liz's eyes originally now makes complete sense. The light bulb's going off for her. She's oh boying and oh no and oh God and oh no. And they're like, we love America. And they're jumping up and down. They're so excited. And they're like, we, we did this training because we're in good shape for the roadblocks and the detours. So they are adorable and excitable and smiling, which they never did to Liz. But mm-hmm. she realizes. Interesting tr- trivia. Amazing Race was the most winning reality TV program until in award show history until you know it, Julie. So. RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race made the best woman, best woman win. Well, now it has to be best drag queen. 
May the best drag queen, Miss Drag Queen, win. So her asshole, her inner asshole light goes on and she realizes she's being an asshole. Uh, she's made a huge mistake. And then Kenneth goes up to Jonathan, which is really funny, and says, I bought a replacement pair of Mr. Donaghy's pants. And he's like, wow, you must love them as much as I do. And Kenneth looks at him like, no, I don't. <laughs> no one can. I would have loved if we flashed to Jonathan's apartment and there's just a bunch of pants there that are Jack's that he's stolen. Pants, pants, pants. <laughs> so now Tracy and uh, Jack are up in Harlem and he's talking to Cece on the phone and says, asks her to look out into the street. She's like, you shouldn't be here. I know I shouldn't be here. Now, Tracy is having a conversation that is not included in what they are talking about. He's had some great advice so far this episode, though. First of all, scream if you need something. Pants, scream if pants, you want to go faster. <laughs> also, his pickup lines are sterling. Tell her that you want your privates and her privates to do a high five. He's like, Tracy, I got this. <laughs> tell her her apple looks like her. Tell her her butt looks like an apple, and you want to take a bite. Tell her she got some big old titties like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Tell her you <laughs> wanted to donate her body to science and use science. Tell her, Jack. Yeah, no one's listening to him. They've been going crazy without each other, thinking about their night together. How you wanted to brush my hair as foreplay. How you, you made me that, that Western omelet at 4 a.m. I've never met anyone like you, Jack. Be with me, Cece. We'll ignore our differences till the sex goes bad. Then we'll walk away bitter and angry. Would you enjoy someone brushing your hair as foreplay? I'd be kind of into it. That is as really foreplay. intimate. I don't know. The thought of somebody brushing my hair, it's never happened. I don't know. Uh, doesn't bring me joy. Tracy's conversation with this pigeon is pretty funny. When he's like, stop eating other people's <laughs> old french fries, pigeon. Have some self-respect. Don't you know you can fly? <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite parts of this episode. <laughs> so Jack and Cece are discussing. I've never had a sec secret affair before. What do you say we go find a spot and defile this place? Yeah. Back in the hallway of Liz's shame, she sees Raheem. <laughs> he looks pretty sad and angry. She's like, hey, buddy, where you been all week? They put electric electrodes on my testicles, Liz. So bad. Who did? Which some people are also into. <laughs> not by the government and not forcefully. Not foreplay well, for sure. No, you you have to warm up to that. <laughs> so Liz is super excited because he remembered his name, her name, and he doesn't know that she's the one that turned him in and got his nuts electrified by the American government. They say Rahim. Why you no shake hands? I say because I don't want to get sickness before the Amazing Race. They say Rahim. Why all the trips to the airport? I say, because I'm practicing for the amazing race. And then in my underpants. Under oh. panties. Yes. Under panties. And then as usual, Liz is only concerned about herself and wondering if he knows who turned her in. He's like, no, but I'm very angry now. I have so much anger inside. I want to do something <laughs> spectacular with it. <laughs> she immediately smells maple syrup. Northrax. Northrax. We find out Pete made waffles. Thank God. End of episode. Thoughts? <laughs> lots of rewatchable moments. Lots of moments I still use in my life. Pants, pants, pants. I do say all the time. I love that so much. <laughs> I love the beat. I don't know if it has a name of the, I'm going to replace your pants. They're $2,500. I will find, find your pants. Your pants. <laughs> I love that. I know I do that pattern in my world. So, and Edie Falco is a star. So overall, a fun one. Edie Falco is mm -hmm. great. The talk with the pigeons hilarious. Kenneth is adorable. I'm saying it's a good one. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, I think overall it was fun. Obviously, we had our rougher moments, but I do appreciate that Tina Fey paints herself as the racist white lady to indict racist white ladies. When Jack says, God, I want to kiss you on the mouth, I say that constantly. 
like after that aired for about a decade. (laughs) Just anybody? (laughs) Yeah, to people I don't want to kiss on the mouth, but I'll just be like, God, I just want to kiss you on the mouth to stop saying such. I don't know where I got it from, but I say I want him to put his mouth or them to put their mouth on my mouth. That's from something. Well, it sounds a little bit like what Tracy said earlier when he mentioned, I want your privates and her privates to do a high five. It sounds like Jessica Day. It it could be. You're probably right. (laughs) Yes. It's about Nick. Yes. I want him to put his mouth (laughs) on my mouth. You're right. Should we go to the chat? Gemstone it out. Gemstones. I'm struggling with my own rules. (laughs) Rules are made to be broken. Not today. <laughs> oh, Emma, low ball. What a surprise. <laughs> I gave it a severely, 90 because it's rewatchable. It has rewatchable moments for me. Nick gave it an 89. Emma, an 87. I a lot of gemstones. I think in my heart I wanted to put it in the 80s, but I do say pants, pants, pants so much that mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, it's not giving the props that this episode deserves. They're orange, Jack. <laughs> the way she says orange is not orange. I say orange, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I love it. Mm-hmm. They're it's powerful. Orange. It is. <laughs> yeah, she's not it's an indictment. Orange, she's saying orange. <laughs> Love it. These are the things that were. It had a mystery ticker tape, which I never noticed until today. So that's just. I mean, that just makes me feel fantastic. So. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is worth it just because I got to see that. <laughs> I know. Easter so. eggs. Thank you all for joining us on this sojourn down the Chickatawa River. We learned about a lot about ourselves. A lot about the color orange, a lot about Republicans, a lot about sex stuff on Ottomans. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Blurg is a project of Teen Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank. 